This morning, I'm going to begin a, a series, and I don't know how long it'll go, and, and I really didn't understand, you know, we did this series on the what? The tongue. And it needed to precede the series that I'm doing now, and I think you'll understand. Um, so I'm going to uh, share with you about the latter end. Everyone say latter end. I was reading months ago, and the scripture popped out in Luke. And Jesus said, the things written concerning me have an end. And that's how it is in the King James. Other different versions paraphrase it differently. But Jesus is basically saying, all the prophecies that were written about me shall come to pass. There's an end to everything. And so I began to meditate and think about that. And I want you to know everyone here has a latter end. Well, if you have a latter end, what do you have? A beginning. You know, I'm not at the beginning anymore. Sad. And boy, I tell you what, it's gone awful fast. You young people, listen to me. You have a beginning, you have a middle, you have an end. Jesus said, I am the beginning and I'm the end. And when you're young, you just don't think about the end. But once you get in your 50s, 60s, Nutter's not here, I can't pick on him today, 70s, 80s, and 90s, you, you realize the beginning is over. And you're in the, the latter end, the latter years of your life. But you know what? I got good news for you. God wants to bless your latter end. Amen? And so we're going to look at this. And I, I was thinking, I've, I've loved this story, this true story. I grew up watching Bugs Bunny, Porky Pig. Gunner, you don't even know who Porky Pig is, do you? Looney Tunes cartoons. The voice behind Looney Tunes cartoons was Mel Blank. And at the end of all the, the cartoons, Porky Pig would pop up and he'd say, I can't do, the, can't do the voice. I wish I could. Pastor Hank could do it or Caleb could do it. That's all, folks. And so when Mel Blank died, the kids put on the tombstone. That's all, folks. But I want you to know that's not true. And deep down, if you're a born-again believer, you know in your heart that's not all. But the problem is with most Christians, most believers, even people in the world, they have such an, an earthly perspective. They live from day to day. And they don't have an eternal latter-end perspective. And so what I want to do in the next few weeks is help you develop a latter-end perspective. If you're young, I want you to see you're going to grow old, God willing. But you need to know the best is yet to come. My boys are gone. Caleb's on his bachelor's party. Micah went. Oh, boy. He'll come back corrupted for sure. No, that's not a good confession, is it? But you say you let him? Yeah, that's whatever. 
Can't put a, you can try to put a leash on your kids and lead them around, but I'll tell you what, you'll pay for it if you do it. You'll pay the price. I know too many preachers' kids, mom and dad, the preachers, want to make little preachers out of them. And uh, I don't think my boys are called to be preachers. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, uh, you know, they're off doing their thing. And uh, they need to listen to this message too. So I, I want you to know that's not all, folks. Get that in your heart. If you're a truly born again believer, you have a spiritual destiny to fulfill. Did you hear me? I have a destiny to fulfill. And I, I don't, I'll say this. I'm coming into the latter end. Some of you are in the latter end or coming into the latter end. Some of you are in the middle stages of life. Some of you are just starting. There's nothing wrong with that. But let's have this perspective. We're going to keep our eyes on Jesus, and we're going to finish the race. We're going to fulfill the spiritual destiny that God has put in us. As a believer, you must have a strong sense of purpose for your life Now listen, and an understanding of God's prophetic word concerning your latter end. I'll say that again. As a believer, you must have a strong sense of purpose for your life and an understanding of God's prophetic word concerning your latter end. So in this series, we're going to, number one, we're going to cover two things. Number one, what does God's word say specifically about your latter end? What's God say about it? And number two, what should be your mindset as a believer? What should be your mindset and spiritual responsibility concerning your latter end? See, God can say something about your latter end, but you know you have a part to play in it. Yes, you do. Look at Ezra. Go back in the Old Testament. Right after 2 Chronicles, you will find Ezra. Ezra, Nehemiah, Ruth. How many today, and I know some of you might not understand this, but how many have ever received a prophetic word? You know what I mean by a prophetic word? God is, let me see your hands, raise them up. God has spoken a word over you. No kidding, I have a book that's this thick. A prophetic word spoken over Kathy, myself, my family, and my ministry. I haven't received as many prophetic words because I'm in the latter end. But when I got started, boy, did we have a lot of prophetic words. And you got to learn to weed out the hay with the stubble. But I've had some prophetic words that were ridiculous. But then I've had some prophetic words that have come to pass and have still will come to pass. And you need to understand how important prophecy is, specifically relating to your latter end. One of the main scriptures that God spoke through somebody to to Kathy and I and our ministry was this. Though your beginning was small, your latter end, 
your latter end will increase abundantly. Though your beginning was small, your latter end will increase abundantly. I want you to, I'm going to give you a phrase, and, and I read this in and, and, uh, one of my devotionals, and it, it, I wrote it down, and it's excellent. And everyone say this with me. Prospered by prophecy. You and I will prosper by the prophetic utterances that have been given and to us. And so what you need to do and I need to do is you need to go back and review some of those prophetic words concerning your beginning, your middle, and your latter end. And sometimes you got to wage warfare with those prophetic words. you got to hold on to them. Even though you don't see anything happen, you need to call those things that be not as though they were. Now in Ezra, did you find Ezra? In chapter 6, this is in reference to Haggai the prophet. We have an ungodly king decreeing to the Jews concerning the rebuilding of the temple. And if you'll notice in the Old Testament, God used heathen rulers to help the Jews prosper and rebuild the temple. Amen? You can read, you know, Nehemiah. There are a number of people involved in that. And as I read this and studied this, I want you to understand that God could use a a man in the White House... Not even born again. Not even speaking in other tongues. God could use an ungodly man in the White House or woman and still prosper this nation. That's important. And you look at this in the Old Testament. God did use people. And I want you to look specifically in verse 14. Everyone say, prospered by prophecy. And that's why it's important you understand the word, the importance of the word, the under, and understand the importance of prophecy concerning your latter end. And it says in verse 14, so the elders of the Jews built, and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet, and Zechariah the son of Iddo, and they built and finished it. Say, they built and finished finished it according to the commandment of the God of Israel and the command of these heathen rulers. Think about that. They prospered. Even though in the natural it seemed impossible, they still prospered and they built, they had a beginning, and they finished it and they had a latter end. And they prospered. So God used prophecy to prosper Israel's project of rebuilding the temple. They built and finished it. You don't need to turn there, but in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18, in fact, I read it today in my daily Bible reading, this scripture. Paul told young Timothy, the preacher, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies. Everyone say prophecies. Once made about you, so that by recalling them, you might fight the battle well. Sometimes with a prophetic word, you've got to use that word which is likened onto a sword. 
the sword of the Spirit, words that have been given you, and sometimes the devil will scream and say, you'll never accomplish this, you'll never amount to anything, you'll never fulfill your spiritual destiny, and you'll say, no, you are a liar and the father of all lies. This is what God says. This is what prophecy, the prophecy that has been spoken over my life, and you need to take that prophecy and you need to wage a good warfare. Because there will be days you think, my God, how can these things even happen? I don't see it happening. I don't even know how it could happen. But if God ordained it and God spoke it over your life and your family, it shall come to pass. Prospered by prophecy. Look at Luke chapter 22. This is the scripture I already made reference to. I want to look at the life of Jesus Christ. Did he understand prophecy? Did he have a beginning? Did he have an end? Guess what? He said, I am the beginning. I'm the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. In Luke 22 and verse 37, words of Jesus. It says, for I say to you that this which is written must still be accomplished in me. And he was numbered with the transgressors. Now here it is. For the things concerning me have an end. The living Bible says it this way. For the time has come for this prophecy about me to come true. He will be condemned as a criminal. Yes, everything written about me by the prophets will come true. Jesus Christ understood who he was and what he was called to do. Jesus Christ had a strong sense of purpose. He knew where he came from. He knew where he was going. He was focused and resolute in fulfilling every prophecy written concerning his life and ministry. He was focused and resolute. He knew what he was called to do. He knew where he was going. And we're going to look at some scriptures here that will describe that. You young people, you need to know who you are. You need to know your spiritual background. Your spiritual DNA. You need to know and, and seek God when you're young. And I'll never forget, and I've told you this story, when I got saved and I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and my mother was a Lutheran, and very Lutheran. My father was a Methodist. We were raised in a Methodist church. But I'll, I'll never forget... When I got on fire for God, all I would do is I'd lock myself in my bedroom, get on my knees and pray. And my mother would tell her sister, I'm worried about Mike. I never see him. He's just in his room praying. Well, when I was praying, I was praying in other tongues. And when you pray that way and you pray long enough, you pray out your future. That's why I told my boys, you got a, you got a future, but you got to pray it out. And you do it by way of the Spirit. And you might not understand it with the brain, but you've got to yield because God is a Spirit and those that worship Him, worship Him in spirit and truth, spirit to spirit. And as you pray that way, you pray out your future. 
I prayed out. I, I, I know, I know that I know that I know one of the things I was praying about was her. Didn't even know her. Hadn't even met her yet. Met her at a teacher's party, and she thought I was a, what did you think I was? No, you didn't think I was a jerk. What, jabber mouth? Well, I'm a preacher. She was a wallflower. That's what I thought she was. She just sat in the corner. Uncomfortable. Well, we, but I prayed that out. I ended up marrying her because I prayed it out. You've got to pray these things out by the Spirit. So that that's so important to understand. And uh, because you have a beginning and you have a what? An end. And if you pray in the beginning, you surely will have an end, and it will be the right one. Everyone say pray. 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 you got to pray. Look at, uh, let's go through there, through this. Look at. Gospel of John, this will be easy. We'll just go through this. Look at John 3. I'm going to give you some examples because Jesus knew that he had a spiritual destiny to fulfill. And you need to know you have a spiritual destiny to fulfill. I've watched, and I'll pick on Steve. Candace isn't here to, you can't hide behind her. When Candace came to church, she'd come on a Wednesday night, then she'd come up after every service and ask me questions about speaking in tongues, about this and that. And I got to be so every Wednesday, I just thought, oh, here she comes. You got a good woman. Don't ever forget that. You're a good man, too. And she'd say, I just don't know about Steve. Because Steve won, I, I won't even ask you what you thought, because you'd probably tell me and what you thought of us out here. Can you say something halfway polite? I mean, did you want it? Did you what, when she came home? What'd you think? He forbid her to come to this church. What are you doing here? (laughs) And I've watched him. You listen to me. Young man, you listen to me. I'm talking to you now. He forbid her to come to church. Kind of ornery. In fact, very ornery. I like the ornery ones. But now he's here. Saved. Do you speak in tongues? Yes or no? My goodness. You got a good job? Yeah. Wonderful job. Are you better off financially than you were before? Yeah. Things going pretty good? Yeah. Why? Because you're serving God. So you put God first. Everything else will come in line. Amen? Because he's got a beginning, and he's got a middle, and he's got an end. And the end should be glorious. The end should be better than the beginning. So you know what? I'm looking out and believing. There's, there's, the best is yet to come. Say that. The best, yes. 
is yet to come. Okay, quickly, John 3. We're going to go through this, and then I'll unhook here, and we'll just pick up where we left off. John 3. These scriptures we're going to read to you are scriptures that Jesus spoke because he knew who he was, he knew where he came from, and he knew where he was going. He knew he had a beginning, he knew he, he was the end. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So is he talking like he knows what he's talking about? Does he sound like somebody that is on a mission? Look at John chapter 6. John chapter 6, verse 38. Here again, the words of Jesus Christ. John 6, 38. For I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Does that sound like he knows who is in charge? Look at John 10, verse 10. We can quote this. We all know this scripture. John 10, 10. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. Here Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. John 11, verse 25. John 11, verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Guess he knew who he was. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Look at John 12, verse 27. I did this so we're all in one book going through this. Jesus said, now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this what? For this purpose I came to this hour. John 17, verse 3. And this is eternal life that they may know you and the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have what? Sent. Everyone say sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have what? Finished the work which you have given me to do. Does he, does he talk like somebody that knows something? Does he talk, oh, well, he was God. Well, yeah, he was God, but he was also man. He was also a human being. Look at John 18, verse 37. I told you we'd go fast. I'm going too fast because I can hear paper. John 18 and verse 37, Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? And Jesus answered, You say rightly that I'm a king. For this cause I was born and for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Look at Luke 9. One more. Luke 9. Are you getting, a, are you getting a, an idea that maybe Jesus knew who he was? Who, what he was called to do? And where he was going. Luke 9 and verse 54. Jesus said, For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. So you see that, don't you? You say, well, that was Jesus. What about you? How many of you believe in Jesus? 
How many of you are born again? Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Let me see your hands today. Well, then you should wander through life wondering, what am I called to do? Who am I? Where am I going? What should I do? God doesn't expect you and I, his kids, to go through life lackadaisical, just wondering one day to the next. We should be focused and resolute like his son, Jesus Christ. Know who we are, what we're called to do, and where we're going because we have a beginning and we have an end, and he's going to finish it. He's going to finish the good work that he's begun in us. How many have ever screwed up? We've all screwed up. We've all missed it. We've got, gotten off the road, so to speak. But we can get back if we get our hearts right and we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Look at Job 8, 7. We'll close with this, with this scripture. Job, or Job. You look, yeah, it's Job. Job in chapter 8. And we'll, I'll just, I'll just, uh, we'll close with this scripture, but we've looked at the fact that, and we understood the fact that we all have a beginning, we have a latter end. God has a part to play. We have a part to play. And this is what I want you to see, and we're going to end on a good note. You want to end on a good note or a sour note or a bad note? Let's end on a good note. Let's leave today knowing this scripture. In Job chapter 8 and verse 7, it says, Though your beginning was small, yet your latter end would increase abundantly. We're kind of in the latter end, Brian. And people would say, you know, they'd say things about us. They talk about you and I a lot, the boys. A lot of gossip. Not good, Brian. They're in sin. And I think if they don't get with the program, they're going to have trouble. Because we're coming into our latter end. That means the best is yet to come. In though Brian had an insignificant start as a taxidermist, he's one of the state's best taxidermists. And I include Val because he wouldn't be where he is today without her. Got to stick together, don't you? I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for my wife behind the scenes doing things. Both quiet, but both strong, both diligent in their work ethic. But there's a latter end coming, and, and it's, it's going to show some increase. Numerically, I believe the church is going to, you know, we've always been a small church. I used to want to have a church of 600 people. I don't anymore because I'm in my latter end. He can have it. And I'll just smile as I greet people, amen, as they come in the door. Are you the pastor? No, I'm not. No longer pastor. I'm in the helps ministry, and I really like it. Though your beginning was small, yet your latter end would increase abundantly. This verse promises us a productive, fruitful, expanding future. 
a productive, fruitful, and expanding future. So you need to leave here today going, I got a productive, fruitful, expanding future. Zechariah 4.9 says, For who has despised the day of small things? We'll look at this next week. Job 8.7 paraphrase states, Your start may seem to you quite small and insignificant, but very soon, now, and very suddenly, you will be propelled by the Lord into a larger and greater sphere of influence. The literal Hebrew says, your start was small, your future shall rapidly increase. So today, it's a good word. Colby, don't get all stewed up about what's coming. Because you're blessed. And God has, yes, sir, still military. Yeah, I like that. God has a plan for your life. I'm talking to him today, not you. You're a whole nother day. You're still in the early, early beginning. But God has a plan for you, your family. And so you need to rest in that and have peace about that. He'll open the doors, and you'll know the door to walk through, and you'll know the door that closes. Don't get stewed up about it. Just take a day at a time. There's a plan. Let's stand our feet this morning. Now, I believe this, this series we're going to start here on the latter end was preceded by the series about the tongue because your tongue rules your action and gives direction. So your tongue and my tongue needs to hook up with the prophetic words that have been spoken. You need to side in with the prophetic word. Not what the devil says, not what anybody else says about you. What's God say about you? Though your beginning was small, your latter end will increase abundantly. The thoughts that I think towards you are thoughts of evil, not, not of evil, but of good, to give you a future, a hope, and expected end. God has a plan for your life. So hook hook up with what God says. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. You promised us a latter end, and it's going to be good, and it's going to be glorious because we're going to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith, the beginning and the end. You said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. So thank you, Lord. We can put our trust in you. We keep our eyes on Jesus, the Son of God. And I thank you, Father, we have a glorious future ahead of us. And there's so many things, Lord, good things that you have prepared for us, our individual life, our families, and this church corporately. So thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, for the latter end that you've given all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. See, I have a latter end. And it's going to be good. Amen.